This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Honey. So the idea of your face accidentally becoming a meme is such a uniquely 21st century concept that you would have a lot of trouble explaining it to someone even from as recently as the 90s. The biggest example of this would be, of course, Hide the Pain Herald. Real name, Andras Arato, a Hungarian electrical engineer who posed for some stock photos several years ago and ended up becoming one of the most recognizable faces in the world thanks to his facial expression, which, despite the smile, does appear to be hiding some deep pain. A similar example is the distracted boyfriend meme, which also started out as just a stock photo before eventually becoming a massively popular meme template for any possible subject, which persists to this day. It has not slowed down at all. Who could forget the first? A photo that's probably actually from the 90s, wasn't a stock photo, but still just reached peak meme very early on in the 2000s. Mr. Cool Ice. Yeah. I wonder what, I actually the other day was wondering what he's up to because he is clearly identifiable. There's a, I found an interview, he's, he's German and I found an interview with him from a couple of years back and he's, he's touched up his tattoos. He's even more iced up than before. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, good to hear he's alive. Has a decent relationship with his celebrity. That's nice. Yeah. But look, there's plenty of other examples of stock photo models unintentionally becoming memes and with Harold, he's been pretty public about how weird the experience has been for him and how he was able to gradually embrace his very weird accidental celebrity status. But one stock photo model who has managed to remain completely shrouded in mystery for years despite his meme status is this guy here, aka Clickhole's worst person you know. Back in 2018, the satirical clickbait news website Clickhole published an article titled Heartbreaking, the worst person you know just made a great point, <laughs> along with a photo of this roughly mid-30s gentleman looking into the camera. And uh, it's an article that you get to post all the time here yeah. in America. I think it's easily Clickhole's most like iconic uh, piece of fake journalism. That one and the Onion article where it's like another mass shooting has happened in the world where like nothing, only this, yeah, nothing we can do yeah, says, in the only set, country where this happens. Yeah. Um, but here's from the uh, the article we're talking about now. Yeah, you f- people forget that it's an article. It's not just a headline and a photo. There's mm-hmm. an article here, and it's it's funny. A heartbreaking story is currently unfolding that's sure to have devastating ramifications for years to come. Just moments ago, without any warning, the worst person you know just made a great point. This is absolutely crushing news, and it's unclear if recovery will ever be possible. The tragedy occurred just a few moments ago during a debate about politics occurring among your coworkers. Out of nowhere, the most loathsome person you've ever met in your whole life chimed into the argument with a completely valid and irrefutable point. Every attempt to formulate a rebuttal to just the most insufferable asshole on the planet failed miserably because, for the first time ever, that piece of shit's logic was entirely unassailable. This is the kind of horrific event you always assume only happens to other people, but never to you. It's amazing how life can change in an instant. One moment, everything's normal, and the next, you're unable to find a single flaw in the intricate and logically sound reasoning of this fucking self-important, endlessly irritating prick. Up until now, everything that's come out of that guy's mouth is pure dog shit, so now that he's strung together an eloquent and convincing opinion, you've been completely blindsided. Uh, This is, of course, extremely relatable, and we've all been there. Out of nowhere, someone whose opinions you have zero respect for makes a good point, and you simply gotta hand it to them. Or it's... You know, we constantly, we've quoted this headline on yeah. this show where it's yeah. just like someone Heartbreak. is right for the wrong reasons yeah. or any kind of situation where someone who, like like a Laura Loomer finally saying something correct is just like, oh, no. Trump did this a lot. Yes. Trump would be right about stuff for the wrong reasons and then usually walk it back because he said it off the cuff and didn't realize 
it goes against everything else. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, you know, your tip, your Ben Shapiro's, they, they, basically all the people who talk for a living. They uh, uh, they eventually say something correct. Yeah. And then they usually go, oh well, I didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, now, it's especially relatable on Twitter, where bad takes flow endlessly out of strangers and famous people alike, and you are occasionally blindsided by a good take coming from someone whose takes are otherwise all terrible. And because of the way Twitter works, with replies that can just be a photo if you want, screenshots of this clickhole article often pop up in the replies to good points made by terrible people. And like any meme that gets used enough times that it becomes shorthand, sometimes the title isn't even necessary, just the stock photo of the guy from the article. If you see this face, you know that the worst person you know just made a great point, and it is heartbreaking. So is this guy the titular worst person, the guy in the photo, or is he reacting to the worst person that he knows making a good point? Even that is unclear. This is shrouded in mystery here. Mm -hmm. But what's even more unclear and mysterious is who this guy actually even is. His face has come to define an entire unique situation, but unlike Harold or the people in the distracted boyfriend meme, He's managed to maintain complete anonymity for nearly four years. Well, almost complete anonymity, because uh, writer Cameron Wilson of Slate.com recently wrote about finally uncovering the identity of Clickhole's worst person you know. And uh, it's an interesting tale of how difficult it can be to identify someone despite their face constantly appearing online. And also, uh, much like the movie Zodiac, it's sort of it's a cautionary tale about getting uh, so invested in figuring something out that uh, it kind of makes you go insane. <laughs> Uh, Wilson writes, At some point it struck me as I saw his visage for the umpteenth time that while the clickhole article was fake, the man in the photo was real and had become as familiar a face as the faces of those closest to me. His stubble, his furrowed brow, his thin beard and even thinner hair. But who was he? And did he know how synonymous his expression had become with the language of the internet? I felt I had to find out. And it turned out I was hardly the first to feel that way. The internet is strewn with posts of people asking if anyone knows who this man is, all abandoned without an answer. But for some reason, I felt I had to look harder. To a borderline compulsive internet sleuth, the mystery of who he was felt like an itch that I yearned to scratch but was just out of reach. So Wilson started off simply, emailed Clickhole, but got no response. Uh, he then tried reverse Google image searches, but everything just traced back to that Original clickhole article. It becomes ubiquitous, so they yeah. kind of dominate any search results. Uh, he then discovered that someone had previously traced the image back to the Getty Images stock photo library, though it was no longer available there. But what was still available was the image's ID number, which gave him an additional search term to use. Eventually, he found the image on an Indian health website page about the risks of getting a vasectomy. <laughs> and the image still had the original metadata when he downloaded it, uh, including the photographer's name and the location in Spain. Uh, so Wilson found the photographer on Instagram, messaged him, but got no response. So he messaged him a, a few more times and finally got a response. Uh, let's read from the article again. The photographer, who obviously had no idea about the Clickhole article, responded by asking why I was interested. After a back and forth in which I tried to explain the provenance of my search, which sounded weirder the more I typed, <laughs> he finally responded, sorry, I don't interested and stopped responding. I was distraught. My only connection to my white whale, gone. I tweeted through my sadness. A handful of people who read my posts about the worst person pointed out that one of the photographer's friends on Instagram looked a lot like him. It was him, and yet it wasn't. It was the guy from the meme, yes, but he was doing things my mind couldn't quite parse. He was joking with friends. He was doing unironic gym selfies. He was even doing the weird thing that happens to all men in their late 30s where they suddenly lose the ability to smile at the camera. 
I felt a sense of cognitive dissonance as two competing versions of this man clashed in front of me. This guy's taking this way too seriously, but I get it. He's he's writing a nice piece of uh, what he considers he's, artwork here. He's trying to finish what he started. Yeah. But yeah, he's... Uh... The journey seems to be a lot more fun for him than the actual uh, yeah. finding the guy. So yeah. he's, he's, he's punching it up a bit. He is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it continues. Trembling, I tapped out a message to him. The worst person you know responded in Spanish and English. I resorted to using Google Translate to speak to him. I asked if he knew that he was famous or how his image was used. He gave terse answers. No, sorry, I'm from Barcelona and I don't know it, he wrote. At no point did he show any curiosity about why people might have thought this about him. He even dropped a Spanish slur in a self-deprecating way at one point in our conversation. And he rebuked my interest in how the photo came about and questions about his life. Quote, but why? He said in response to my queries. I'm sorry, but I don't think it's that important. Finally, he said he didn't want to talk anymore and blocked me. <laughs> At the time, I was bummed. He really was the worst person you could speak to for a story like this. It's not that he was boring, though a little brusque, or merely that he chose not to offer any introspection, insight, or color that could make his accidental fame as a meme come alive. It's that he didn't care. And that made my own consuming desire to find him seem like a big joke. I shelved the story and ignored the request I received about whether I'd found my man. Heartbreaking. The worst person in the world told you to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. Yeah. Leave him alone. Yeah. Like, if you don't seek the fame for this, then, like, obviously they don't want it. Like, uh, the the inverse of this, and who actually turned out to be a pretty nice guy, is Shithead Steve. Who scumbag is Steve? Scumbag Steve. Uh, who obviously his face represents scumbaggery. Yeah, he, but he was very it. nice. He liked the the weird. We met him, that him and uh, and that cat, grumpy, grumpy cat, cat at R. South R. by P. Southwest. Yeah, scumbag Steve was showing up at all. He was getting booked to cut. Like it, it was great life. He was getting paid to just like stand around at conventions with Grumpy Cat. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a weird portion of time. Yeah, but uh, yeah. At this point, you got to see things from the worst person's perspective, the the human behind the worst yeah. person. He and the photographer were seemingly completely unaware of Clickhole's use of the image and the meme that came out of it. And they live in a non-English-speaking country where they, and most everyone they know, wouldn't have been exposed to this. So this might have been a lot to take in. Or on the contrary, maybe he simply did not see what the big deal is and found the idea that a journalist would care enough about this photo to track him down weird and annoying. Yeah. Please stop. Uh, in any case, Cameron Wilson found his white whale, uh, but it wasn't nearly as satisfying as he'd hoped. Heartbreaking. You spent months tracking down the subject of a stock photo meme, and he couldn't have cared less about your journey. <laughs> uh, but here's how he closes out the article anyway. As time went on, it began to dawn on me that I had been looking for something from this man that he could never provide. The meaning of his face to millions of netizens really has nothing to do with him as an actual person. He's just some dude whose friend took a photo of him that, by chance, happened to be a stock image chosen by a comedy website that struck satirical gold with its post. Hell, people differ on whether his ultimately inscrutable expression means he is the titular worst person, or if he's the person who realized that the actual worst person somewhere off screen made a great point. For the record, I was in the former camp, but now I'm in the latter. But this randomness shouldn't diminish what old Squinty means to us. The power of this face comes from the meaning that we've collectively imbued it with. He may have lived up to his reputation as the worst person for the purposes of my quest, but in some ways, it's better this way, that he can go on living his life with his friends at the gym while his face goes on to live a completely different one online. Well, and also, with all of these, it's like, yeah, people do look similar, but everyone ages. So, like, the thing is, is this guy's going to live on on the internet looking the same through all time. 
while he ages and uh, doesn't end up looking the same. So he will have eventual peace from this. Yeah. It's like the Ermagerd books girl, like, looks different. Yeah. The yeah. psycho girl. for like All of the memes that were big in the early 2010s, uh, they all look different now. They do. Unless you saw them at a convention where they have a little placard that says, I am that person, you wouldn't probably recognize them. Uh, out in public. Yeah. And on this photo, I, I don't know how old it is, but it seems, seems like it's coming up on probably a decade or so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was actually able to find the guy's Instagram profile just based off of uh, this guy's research, which he did mostly on Twitter. And uh, he's, his profile's private now, probably because... Of course. Probably because other people also figured it out and yeah. uh, annoyed him, but... Uh, Hey, you're that yeah. worst person. Yeah. Uh, I am, I'm very confused. I'm just a guy. This. I'm not the worst person. Well, How dare you? And we've been over this before. We we both have a mutual friends who have sold their faces to stock photo stuff that are on all the time. I randomly see uh, uh, a, a girl, so her name starts with a T. I don't want to like t- expose someone here on websites and like uh, advertisements for oh, like yeah, apartments yeah. and stuff. Uh, our buddy Don. Uh, and his wife, I think, did something for, like, wedding photos and ended up as yeah. a stock image. You have no control or real stake in any of what happens with that. Um, and, I mean, if you're yeah, lucky. after it's sold, it, you could, like, end up in, like, a diabetes advertisement yeah. or something. If you're lucky. Yeah, if you're it's lucky. just something like that. If I mean, or you could end up as a meme. Yeah. And you have no control over that. And, honestly, I'd be freaked out and find it really weird. I wouldn't want... No, they'd be looking horrible. for me on yeah, the internet. especially if you're, so it's like, yeah, I made like you know, two hundred bucks doing this photo shoot. If a very, <laughs> a very innocuous photo shoot too. Yeah. And then it ends up that like your entire life is consumed by people sharing your photo on the internet and like laughing at it or with yeah. it. Yeah. Either way, you're famous weird. for no money, uh, and that sucks. Also, like, same with like, not to to a di- different degree, but like commercial actors, like uh, Kunal. Uh, I see Kunal all the time. Oh yeah, he's all he's doing great. He's but, doing great. He's yeah, in every commercial. It is weird. Same with uh, uh, Bill, the dorky guy. He was in a bunch of uh, Super Bowl ads, and now he's everywhere. And I can't... The, I see him more on TV than I do in real life. Yeah. But at least commercials... commercials they're, they're paying well. They pay extremely well. Stock yeah. photos? No. No. Yeah. Not at all. Mm-mm. Anyways, Anyways, moving on now from the worst person in the world to the worst animal in the world, which, given the current global situation for the past two years, would probably be the bat. Or the pangolin. Well, yeah, but no. How? What even is a pangolin? It's I know a what a fun bat name is. to say. There's no superheroes named after pangolins. They are cute too, though. They're like an anteater slash armadillo. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, they carry COVID around and get everyone sick. But mm-hmm. bats, I can wrap my head around the idea of a bat. And, it, and bats, they're universal. Everyone loves Batman. Yeah. Did you see that new trailer? Wow, well, I, I did love the new trailer. Although I, I could barely tell what was going on because movies now are too dark. I literally can't see what's happening. You need to get new glasses. No, they just—it's—it's they're lighting these scenes very poorly. If you go back and look at old movies, even scenes that were in the dark, they knew that you have to have some sort of key lighting to be able to perceive contrast, and they're just turning the lights off and filming. It's fucking stupid. Save a little bit of money on the CG. Yeah, I guess. They had this problem in Squid Game too, with like anytime the light would go off. Did you finally watch it? Yeah, I watched it like last week. The whole thing. Yeah. And what'd you think? That's fine. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Bats. Everyone loves Batman, but. His namesake, the bat, pretty much synonymous with disease and death and vampires. But most recently, just disease and death. So it's been unsurprisingly pretty controversial that for this year's annual New Zealand Bird of the Year competition, New Zealand's two native species of bats will be included in the running despite not even being birds. (laughs) And that's on top of the fact that this competition has previously seen serious voter fraud in multiple years. The real voter fraud is in the New Zealand Bird competition. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, the Bird of the Year competition has been running for 16 years now, and it's organized by the environmentalist group Forest and Bird to promote conservation of New Zealand's native wildlife, which consists of no native land mammals. Last year, the winner was a flightless parrot called the Kakapo, uh, but uh, that was only determined once 1,500 fraudulent votes for the little spotted kiwi were determined to have come from the same IP address. Shady. Uh, they've also previously experienced vote rigging in 2018 when someone in Australia placed 300 votes for the shag bird. <laughs> uh, and in 2015, uh, also when some teenagers tried to rig the vote for the Coca-Co, that's an endangered songbird. In 2019, they noticed an unusual amount of votes coming from Russia, but they were determined to be legitimate votes from legitimate bird enjoyers. So... There you go. Stay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but back to this year's competition and the controversial decision to include bats. Here's the Guardian. New Zealand's Bird of the Year competition has been hit with a flurry of controversy after a species of native bat was granted entry into the polls. Candidates for the beloved annual election released today included shock newcomer the long-tailed bat, or Pekka Pekka Turoa. It is the first time a New Zealand native land mammal has been included in the competition, which has been running for 16 years. A spokesperson from conservation organization Forest and Bird, Laura Keown, said allowing bats to enter was not a public relations rehabilitation job after the winged mammals were implicated in creating a global pandemic. No, not really, Keown said. It wasn't part of the calculation. Our native bats are completely innocent in that regard. They're adorable and special and not responsible for diseases. Keown said allowing bats entry was an attempt to raise their profile as a critically endangered species. Quote, the idea has been rattling around for a while, but perhaps our only native land mammals could be included in the competition because they are also in serious trouble, she said. I'm gonna give these bats a participation trophy. Yeah. Get out of here. Also, yeah, just because they didn't spread the disease doesn't mean they won't spread other diseases. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. It's going to be a stiff competition. This is already like the premise of like a DreamWorks movie, though. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the, the bat. He's very upset. He's, I want to participate in the yeah, bird it's of the like year. The, like, the, no, you're a bat. Get out of here. The classic, like, uh, black swan tale. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is a competition for New Zealand birds. And then it's a 90 minute romp with lots of fun jokes and a celebrity cast. Yeah. And a couple songs by Smash Mouth. <laughs> they, they need the help right now. Yeah. Uh, but look. Everyone knows, or maybe you didn't, bats are, they're not birds. They're Dolph- mammals. Dolphins are not fish. No. Uh, bats, they've got wings and they do fly, but should they really be allowed to compete in this competition? Well, back to the article. The announcement caused some consternation among New Zealanders online. A mammal is hijacking the bird of the year competition. We want to be inclusive, but, commented a, the NZ Science Learning Hub, I love bats, but bats are not birds, said one Twitter user. It's adorable, but not a bird, another said. Others supported the candidacy. Who can be mad at a bat running for a New Zealand Bird of the Year when it acts more like a bird than most of our actual birds? Our only mammals think they are birds. Our birds think they are burrowing mammals, said one person on Twitter. And they're right. Yeah, that last person raises a great point. Yes. Uh, New Zealand's population of birds includes a lot of species which, due to New Zealand's isolated location, evolved out of flying, and spend their entire lives on the ground where they originally didn't have any predators until the British brought over a bunch of invasive species that ruined everything and caused the uh, conservation predicament that we currently have. Not only that, they're dicks, and they won't come out when it's daytime. Yeah. Like, I, I, look, I want to see the kiwi, damn it. Yeah, I, all I got to see was a silhouette of it, but it was delightful. It was like I, a little I, bouncing ball of a bird. I saw it in a, a museum, and you had to, like, look yeah. in and, yeah. Yeah, New Zealand's national bird, the kiwi. 
is extremely bizarre. Yeah. It can't fly due to its wings essentially evolving into useless little stumps and also having no tail at all. It's mostly nocturnal and also mostly blind. Uh, female kiwis lay just one egg per season, which is huge relative to its tiny size. Mm. And they also have possibly the most advanced sense of smell of any bird. So calling the kiwi a bird feels like a stretch. So really, what's the difference? Well, who cares if bats, which actually fly, do bird-like things, more so than the kiwi, are included in the running for bird of the year in New Zealand? I just love that this is now a debate on, uh, like, inclusivity. Yeah. It's really, it's, you know, this, this could actually set a precedent for sports, competitions, everything, worldwide. Yeah. Well, New Zealand let a bat in the bird competition, so... The SJWs are at it again. Letting bats into the bird competition. I am a, uh, I'm a bat exclusionary radical aviationist. There's definitely, and we saw some comments, but there's definitely people who actually think that this has gone too far. Oh, I'm this sure. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, back in my day, a bird was a bird. Yeah. Next, they're going to let sheep in the bird competition. Yeah, they're letting bats use the bird bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Uh, I think it's good. I, I hope the bat wins. I think the bat would be great as a winner. I think it would be uh, it would really shut everyone up. The birds 16 years to win as many awards as they want. Again, lazy and stupid, the birds in New Zealand. Yeah. Let the bats take it. Yeah. Uh, these, all, all these New Zealand birds are on the verge of extinction because, uh, like, fucking rats came over on a boat. If, if rats are that much of a, a threat to your existence. You literally have to fly a foot of, off the yeah. ground and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs> and you can't. Yeah. So... But moving on from bird of the year to idiot of the year, the January 6th U.S. Capitol riots has produced many contenders for the title of America's Dumbest Criminal. But we may have a winner among this group of people who broadcast their various crimes all over the Internet as they committed them. Most of these people were smart enough to lawyer up and then shut up once it became clear that they were facing serious trouble. But one man decided to instead represent himself in court, despite not being a lawyer at all. And in doing so, he seems to have incriminated himself in more crimes that he wasn't even originally accused of. Yeah, it's a hell of a strategy, and yeah. it's not working out. No. As the old saying goes, a lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client. Uh, here's CBS affiliate WUSA. Before his bond hearing began Tuesday, a federal judge warned Brandon Fellows he could be opening himself up to perjury or even obstruction of justice charges if he testified on his own behalf and that he would likely be going back to jail regardless. Two hours later, the judge's warning turned out to be prescient. Quote, most people do not do this, U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden told Fellows. Obviously, your attorney has discouraged this. I do not think this is a good idea, but I'm going to allow you to take the stand if you wish. Let's give him a shot. <laughs> Fellows is an Albany, New York resident under indictment on a felony charge of obstruction of an official proceeding in connection with the January 6th Capitol riot. In charging documents, prosecutors say Fellows entered the Capitol building through a broken window and wound up smoking marijuana in Senator Jeff Merkley's office. Sick. Yeah. Fellows was initially granted pretrial release, but was ordered back into custody in June after repeated violations, including missing a court-ordered mental health evaluation and allegedly calling a probation officer's mother. What? The Justice Department also said when a clerk of the court attempted to contact Fellows about another violation, allegations that he was harassing a former girlfriend, it was discovered he had apparently put the number for the judge's wife's office instead of his own. <laughs> He loves a good prank. <laughs> Last month, Fellows asked McFadden to allow him to represent himself pro se in his case, saying he had spent the previous two weeks in the D.C. jail's law library and determined that was what he wanted. Despite warning him, 
repeatedly of the possible consequences of going it alone with no formal law training, McFadden ultimately granted Fellow's request. <laughs> Let's see where this thing goes. Proceed. It continues, <laughs> on Tuesday, Fellows appeared before the judge for his first full hearing as his own counsel to argue his bond status should be reconsidered. When McFadden denied his request to call his former public defender, Kara Halverson, as a witness, Fellows instead described a conversation he said he recorded with her about a loophole he'd found that could get McFadden removed from the case. Fellows said he asked Halverson if he should contact McFadden's family as a means of disqualifying him from presiding over his case. He also said that he told Halverson, to her horror, about a previous occasion in which he'd intentionally put the phone number of another judge's wife as his emergency contact in order to get a new judge. In that case, the judge was replaced with another. It works. Yeah. Fellows said Halverson told him that was illegal, and that if he tried to do that with McFadden, he would wind up in jail on even more serious charges. Quote, when I'm worried, I don't make the most understandable decisions, <laughs> Fellows told McFadden later in the explanation. So, Your Honor, just so we're clear, this is what my plan was. I decided... And it's, by the way, successful at first. Yeah. Uh, my plan was to basically annoy the shit out of you and your family so much that you would be, you would have to recuse yourself from this case. Do you want you? nothing to do with me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, just so we're clear on that anyway. I like how his Defender 2 was like, look, you got away with it once. Don't press your luck. Yeah. But it worked, didn't it? Anyway, yeah. Just it's Heartbreaking. The dumbest person you know just made a great point. <laughs> Legal genius. Yeah. But yeah, as the judge, Mr. Judge McFadden, warned in no uncertain terms when Fellows decided to represent himself, this was a terrible idea. Uh, not only did he admit under oath to obstruction of justice and what the judge referred to as a pattern of behaviors that shows contempt for the criminal justice system, uh, but he also admitted under oath to the crimes that he was already originally accused of, which was climbing into the U.S. Capitol through a broken window without permission. Boom, boom. He admitted. <laughs> he admitted. This isn't even, this is, this was a bond hearing. This was not the actual trial for the crimes. He, he found a loophole to speed things up. Yeah. He had gotten sent, he, I think he got bonded out originally. And then because he kept fucking up and like missing appointments, he got sent to jail. And this was, this was just a hearing to determine whether he was now fit for release between now and the actual trial. Confuse the court. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they're certainly going to be using this in his actual trial. Like you, mm, you, all, Jeopardy. you already said under oath. <laughs> that you did all these things that we're accusing you of. Oh, so you're trying me again for the same thing, Double I Double jeopardy. Exactly. No takes backsies. Also, I'll be making a citizen's arrest of you, Your Honor, because let the court know that I sent 20 pizzas to the judge's house. <laughs> and he didn't pay for them. And it. he didn't pay for them. Mm -hmm. So... Bake them away, toys. Can't convict. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, uh, this Mr. Fellows, he is back in D.C. jail indefinitely. He has not been granted bail. Well, Elliot, that's kind of scary because now he's going to have even more time to look up those law books. God, yeah. If this is what he did off of just two weeks yeah, of uh, self-imposed law school. His power levels aren't even maxed out yet. <laughs> no, you're in contempt. This guy's going to be on the Supreme Court by next year. Objection. <laughs> yeah, I think he might. So I, I look forward to this. Yeah. I want to see how far he can go. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I finished the law books, and then I convinced, you know, it's a, it's a minimum security jail, and we have a Nintendo Switch that we can rent out, and I, I, I told them uh, to pick up a copy of the Phoenix Wright collection, yeah. so I've been playing a lot of that, and, like... I've learned a lot. I got this lawyer thing down perfectly well. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. may the best man win. Also, uh, might have slipped your wife's phone number to one of the guards. <laughs> My bad. 
Are you annoyed enough yet to let me go? <laughs> Come on, we all want this to be over with. Now we have a personal relationship between us that you can't you can't convict. Yeah. I also did this to every judge in the world. <laughs> and he's from where? Oh, shocker. Albany, New York. Get out of here. Uh, anyways, before I get into the headlines half of this show, we need to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that is personalized to your body and style? Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle a shop that is built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one, at Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can shop hundreds of brands personalized to your size and fit. With styles for workouts, to workwear, for lounging around the house, or for a night out on the town, Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. Get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com weird. That is stitchfix.com weird to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. Stitchfix.com weird. This episode is also sponsored by Honey. Mm. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons that it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop I know you usually have, uh, you, sh you do a lot more online shopping than me, but I recently ordered a brand new computer. Ah! And, uh, yeah, you You're know. You're gonna get a free game with it? No, I, Connie saved me literally hundreds of dollars <laughs> of this. Like, That's it great. was shocking. I yeah. was like, holy shit. The computer company's <laughs> gonna be on the phone with Honey, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You it, business to run. It was like, it was like 30% off after hitting a certain price point. So, this was a super computer. I'm so glad you bought something this time because I was embarrassed to say what Honey saved me money on. Some more bobbleheads? No. Christmas decorations very early because they sell out. Yeah, no, you gotta you gotta do all your Christmas. Yeah, shopping but you're before. the Grinch. You oh, don't even have a Christmas tree. Sorry, I like to be happy sometimes. I don't live in your house. I don't care. Okay, you can decorate your I'm house. I'm gonna bring a tree over to your place. Well, then I care because yeah. I don't want it. No, I'm gonna start leaving trees on your doorstep. No, you start fine. <laughs> it's a threat. Uh, anyways, Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. They are wrecking the economy. If you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out on free savings. It's literally free. It installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Uh, we would never recommend something we don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com weird. That is joinhoney.com weird. Now for the headlines, starting with uh, some more news out of New Zealand. Great. News Zealand. Yes. Official wizard of New Zealand fired by city council after more than two decades. No! How? What was the reason for this? Uh, it's going to be bad, isn't it? It's unclear. So the theory is that this was, uh, he, he sounds like he's been canceled. There's, so the official line is just like, yeah, look, we, we tried having a official wizard yeah. of the city of Wellington and the nation of New, uh, or not Wellington, Christchurch and mm -hmm. New Zealand for 23 years. We had a great time, but we're going a different direction with our tourism. We're tired of giving you uh, $16,000 a year to just sort of wander around. Now, he didn't even stop center. that earthquake. He didn't. No. So um, what powers do you even have? Yeah. Uh, I, so I, they went through his emails? I guess. I, he sounds like he was very popular. Like, this guy's old as shit, too. But yeah, he would just wander around the city. And He's like a thousand years old. He was like, he, he was just a city, local city mascot. They were like, you know what? You're already doing it for free. 
here's here's some money. And yeah. the taxpayers were like, good. I like seeing my tax dollars going to just uh, some weird old man walking around sure. in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, more recently, he was on some talk show and he, he made some like weird comments that weren't necessarily bad, but they were kind of weird. He was like, you shouldn't hit women because they bruise easily. And then they'll go and start telling everyone about it. So it's best to just not do it. Shut up, wizard. <laughs> wizard, what are, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I, I said don't hit women. What's the problem? Because they'll tell on you. <laughs> Keep them a wand's distance <laughs> they'll away. They'll tell everyone if you hit them, so don't hit them. Yeah, uh, that sounds bad. So, yeah, sounds like he uh, kind of sealed his own fate. What's the wizard going on a talk show for anyway? He's a local celebrity. Yeah, I guess. There's been multiple documentaries made about him. Like... Even now, as he's being fired, there's there's a museum exhibit about him in the... They're going to tear that statue, city. statue down. Yeah. Well, I don't hey, think someone on the city council yet. was like, hey, you get this guy talking long enough, he's going to say something bad about women. So I mean, he's we'll 88 get him on years the, old. Like, we're going to get him on the talk show. and uh, Anyone who's 88, you get him talking long enough, they're going to say some shit <laughs> that's going to get him in trouble. It's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is how we need to like clear out all the... Uh, all the old guys in the American workforce that are blocking millennials from achieving uh, higher status, you yeah. just literally just record them. Just get them talking because they love to talk, and eventually they'll just say go some through shit. John Gruden's emails. Yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, "Oh wow, that sucks." And then I read like all the details of it, and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't that sucks that he got fired. It's that sucks that he's a terrible person." Yeah. But then he like I went through the article, and I was like, "Wow, he said every bad word." He yeah. said every disparaging remark you could Which possibly say. Which team is say. he with? Uh, he, was, he was with the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. But he was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The When I was in high school, he was the Super Bowl coach. Yeah. And apparently his name has been squeegeed off of the stadium. Well, yeah. Yeah, which, like, sucks, but, like, he said everything. He yeah. said it all. He, said he didn't all. leave anything on the table. Yeah. Uh, anyways, after several attempts, wildlife officers removed tire that was around an elk's neck for over two years. This half this elk's life. It's four years old. It's been was living it sad with a fucking with the tire when it got rid of it. It was like actually, I kind of liked it. Now I got I don't know. It's it probably grew like, on me. Oh god. Yeah. Because yeah, this the elk's four years old. It's lived half its life with a fucking tire, and so like I guess when it it was young enough that it didn't have antlers when it went through, stuck its head in the tire. But yeah. its antlers grew out, so it's like. They they had to trank it and they had to cut its antlers off. So I'm sure it's pissed off they about just cut that. Cut the tire? Uh, they said like because you know they had to go out in the middle of nowhere. They first saw this this elk from like a helicopter like two miles away years ago, and they've been trying to find it since then. Mm. So they finally found it on a trail cam, and they just went out there. They didn't have the the right tools to uh, cut a tire in half because tires have like metal linings on the inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just cut the antlers instead. They'll grow back. It's just keratin. It'll take a while, but. Uh, for now, he's probably a little pissed off. He's like, well, my Where's neck, my, tire? my neck doesn't hurt anymore, but also if I get in a fight, I will die. True. They could have cursed this animal. But also, he should be glad because no hunter is going to want to shoot an elk with no antlers. What's the point? They want the ones with all the points. Well, you could eat the, the meat. No one kills deer to eat them. Deer jerky's amazing. Yeah, that's just a byproduct of like the guys who go out there trying to get the, the heads. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, you can have the meat. I don't give a shit. No one's hunting deer for the food. I think they are because, well, I have family members that literally do it just for the meat because they don't like the prize hunting part. Okay. And so what what do they do with the, the antlers? I don't fucking know. Give them to someone so they can say that they hunted it. All right. Sell it to a, a steakhouse in, in the rural part of Georgia. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, got another deer head for you. Well, sorry, tired deer. Uh, 
You're, you will still get shot by members of Ricky's family. You don't care about the, the points. Delicious. Mm. Mm. Delicious deer jerky. Less cleanup. No antlers, no problem. Yeah. I mean, deer jerky is delicious. It is very, very good. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with it. I, I quite like it. Yes. It's nice. After family members contracted COVID-19, Ozzy Osbourne says worshiping Satan protected him from virus. Finally, some common sense. Yeah, it worked out. Every member of the Osbourne family has just gotten, gotten ravaged by it. Bad COVID, except for Ozzy, who is in terrible health these days. Yeah, he has Parkinson's. He was in the hospital with uh, some sort of weird like he like fell and then something got infected and then he got a staph oh. infection on top of that. Like he was almost gonna die. To be fair. Uh, he has natural immunity from eating that bat 25 years ago. He did eat Actually, the bat. Like, it's like 40 years yeah, ago now. That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, he was... Ozzy was eating bats way before anyone else, including yeah. in China. Uh-huh. Way before them. They and copied him. He probably ate a pangolin too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it makes sense because I don't think... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure like Ozzy's family isn't around him very much. Like, Aren't him and his wife on the outs... Does it sound like it? On again, off again. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think they got back together once, like, he got sick. I don't know. It so- sounds like, because I remember hearing that. I don't know what the current status is, but. Uh, yeah. He's still around. No COVID-19 party. <laughs> Stay away from me. That show was on 20 years ago, and even then he looked like he was on death's fucking door. Christian! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the joke 25 years ago. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was early 2000s. He's that still was, kicking. That was fucking Bush era television. Well, and like that's, I mean, the Rolling Stones just played in LA and they're still just. And their drummer literally just died. They're like, oh man, shit, we, that sucks. We got a anyway. whole crew full of drummers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of drummers in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw The Who 20 years ago when their bassist died. They played a show the next day. Just like, we, uh, we are sad to announce. This that, is what he would have wanted. Like John Entwistle died last night of a cocaine overdose, which is sick. He was he was seventy years old and he's still doing blow. Anyway, <laughs> you gotta respect we, that. We uh, we're playing tomorrow's show. We're not canceling it. We got a guy. We called him up and said, "Hey, learn these songs." Did you see? Okay, I don't know all the details on this because it was one of those things where I only saw the headline and was like, "Wait, this can't be real." It was like, I think it's like one of the coaches or the head coach from the Lions was like admitted to doing coke. Uh, he's like, "Coffee's not strong enough for me." Let's just say it's snowing up here in Michigan, and everyone's just like. Everyone gets the reference, dude. You're not being slick at all. So interesting. May or not, may or may not be true, but uh, apparently he was quoted as saying that. All right. That's yeah. That's a weird, weird choice. Weird thing to just offer up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. U.S. Marshals and Scranton police nabbed nine sex offenders in Operation Dunder Mifflin. It's a fun name. Do 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 yeah, they uh, and they panned the camera, and everyone just looked at it deadpan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they got him. I brought that giant bucket of chili you asked for. It's that like, you know, if I if I had to have a job in law enforcement, it, I would be the guy that that names operations. It's like Operation Varsity Blues, perfect, great name. Yes, Operation Dunder Mifflin. I'm sure the Scranton police. They've been sitting on that one for almost 20 years, waiting now. to use it for anything. Yeah, the the fact that they chose to use it for a sex offender sweep. A little bit weird. A little weird. You would hope it would have to do with more like uh, paper related crimes. Yeah, paper crimes or like white off, collar crime. Office. Yeah, white collar crimes. Yeah. Not like not sex offender stuff. But, yeah. Uh, 
It seems like they were probably waiting for that, and then it just never came. And they're like, look, we do these sex offenders things all the time. We've been sitting on this for so long. Someone else is going to take it. Yeah. Are there any other Scrantons in this country? Probably at least a few. Yeah. We got to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, cool. It all happened over cheese eggs. Man says Waffle House waitress pulled gun on him. It's usually the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's usually wa- Waffle House. We don't have them here. No, the closest one is Arizona. Yeah. And, like, it saddens me that we don't. But I'm also kind of glad we don't because the shit goes down at Waffle Houses. It's sort of notorious. I mean, you know, if you live in the southern U.S., you know. But yeah. uh, it's, it's because it's it's like it's the only time anyone seven. goes there. Like, yeah, just middle of the fucking night. Yeah, middle of the night. Yeah, it's it's open 24-7. It's after bar food. I don't. I, their prices have probably gone up in the last few years, but it's still like one of the fucking cheapest places yeah. you can eat. Yeah. They serve it quick. Uh, but... Uh, they, you know, people get in a lot of fights there. They go there after drinking or whatever, and they get in fights. Um, and yeah, in this Stuff case, happens. And and yeah, they. I actually feel safer knowing that the waitresses at Waffle House are armed. Yeah, I, I'm generally opposed to like the uh, Lindsey Bobert. Is it Lindsey? Lauren, Lauren Bobert. Bobert. The Lauren Bobert restaurant uh, thing where all the waitresses are strapped. But yeah. uh, Waffle House, I think it's actually probably a good thing. Yeah. When we were in uh, Alabama, uh, my wife and my buddy were like, well, Waffle House is open after a concert. I'm like, "Mm, not that I don't like the food or the atmosphere. It's just that it is literally the only thing open and there's going to be like a thousand people there right now trying to eat. Yeah. Um, But I wish I would have gone in in, like different hours because I do miss it. Yeah. I I genuinely like Waffle House food. It's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get them uh, smothered, covered. covered. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Cheese on your eggs, but yeah, this guy, see, he wanted cheese on his eggs. And he kept sending his food back because the cheese wasn't coming. And uh, the waitress took it very personally, mm-hmm. pulled a gun on him, pointed it right at his head. <laughs> yeah, I had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the workforce is fighting back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a, right now it is interesting. Uh, labor in this America, uh, uh, labor in this country, especially uh, sort of on the bottom end of things, are finally realizing they... They're, they're finally hitting their breaking point yeah. and realizing they, they do have the, some degree of power in this situation. Like, no, I'm not, no, I'm Pulling just not a gun is a bit much. But, yeah, it's uh, not really the ideal way to do it. But, uh, but yeah, if you're like, yeah, I would never like say that this is a good idea. But like, you got to think that some of these workers are just getting fucking just shit on yeah. all day long. If you work people. at Waffle House, you're dealing with the worst of humanity. Especially in the middle of the night. Yeah, you, yeah. Are, you, should, you deserve to be paid... So much more than you're almost certainly making, mm-hmm. especially in these southern states where, like, your hourly it's like two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, like, oh, you better get tips because otherwise you're literally going to be living in poverty. Yeah. So yeah, not, not good that she pulled a gun on this man's head, but also I hope he learned his lesson. Yeah. Vienna museums open adult only OnlyFans account to display nudes. There's <laughs> like actual like old paintings with yeah. boobies in them, paintings and sculptures and with uh, wieners, men and women. Yeah, uh, tiny uh, little wieners. Uh, yeah. I mean, they got some more modern stuff. They got, they have, uh, I think the largest collection of Egon Schiele, uh, paintings, which are, uh, very pornographic, yeah. but, uh, they, they opened this OnlyFans account because they kept running into problems with Facebook and Instagram. Of course. Like advertising their museum, like half their fucking collections they can't show on social media yeah. and you need social media now to advertise your shit so like they kept getting their stuff like flagged as of course like porn so they're like fuck it we're gonna make an OnlyFans and if you if you purchase an OnlyFans membership 
to the museum, that gives you free admission to the oh, museum cool. for the month that yeah, you that's are great. a member. Yeah. That's actually cool. It's a great idea. Yeah. And then like their posts, like, every post is a different piece of art and it has like a whole essay about that piece. That's great. To it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty for clever. For only fans of art. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird though, like back then you would assume that like the, the people posing for this would get like fluffers or something. Everyone's got tiny little penises. Well, the really old, the, the Roman and Greek stuff, they thought big dicks were gross. Hmm. They thought little dicks looked the best. Oh, okay. All right. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, more recently, you just don't see Plus a lot you're of using dicks too much marble. Oh, I got to put a big dong on there? It's going to break off. Yeah. It's like a finger. Yeah. Or like just, that Venus's arm. Just leave the littlest little, little thing. Little nub. Little, little baby dick. Mm-hmm. With a nice big bush over top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Craig says he goes to gay bars to avoid fights at straight venues and also added that it's a great place to meet women, which women hate, like, in historically. Not, they hate it, but not when you're Daniel Craig. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, this is, this is a, like, this is something I do this because I'm Daniel Craig and I can. Yeah. Um, and also, this is not my, I mean, maybe, maybe it's different in Britain, but uh, every gay bar I've been to, this, the scene, like, here in West Hollywood, it is aggressive. You gotta be, like, on your toes. Yeah. They, men are out. They're on the hunt. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. But it's like, it's not a relaxing scene. The gay bar we went to with all of our fans in England was lovely. They yeah, had a great yeah. time. They ac- yeah, accidentally going to that gay pub. So maybe that's the kind of thing he's talking about. The vibe there was great. But yeah. West Hollywood, it's like, you even you can look like dog shit. And some gay dude is going to come up and try to proposition you. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It, it's actually, it feels good. Yeah, uh, but it's <laughs> it really like, gassing me up right but now. But it's not always what you feel like dealing with mm-hmm. that evening. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was like uh, that's uh, every year when we were at Machinima because Machinima used to be in the heart of West Hollywood. Yeah. And every year on Halloween would be like the WeHo Carnival or whatever. Yeah. It was just like a hundred thousand people. Yeah, yeah all the bars would be open. It was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, Fiesta Cantina or something. That was I don't know, but uh, yeah, quite a scene. But mm-hmm. not exactly, not exactly Daniel Craig. His advice, I don't think, really applies in a lot of situations, uh, especially if you're trying to pick up women. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to do some sort of sort of weird long. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Them. I don't know. Actually, I'm straight. It still it still feels a bit weird for Daniel Craig to be like, I go to gay bars to pick up women. Yeah. So. But also, women who go to gay bars, the gays don't necessarily like that. Straight women. Yeah, there's a bunch where they, like, see, like, a bachelorette party yeah, coming. Like, and they're like, ah! I'm not, like, yeah. You're, uh, the straights are at it again. You're dehumanizing gay people as, like, the accessories of your, your hen night. Yeah. Yeah, the straights are at it again. <laughs> yeah. Go to your own bars. A Rhode Island man posed as a lawyer to scam inmates, then blew their money on marijuana and gambling while awaiting sentencing for defrauding the government out of PPP funds. This guy's a real speedrunner. Yeah. He, so... The order is he he did a PPP scam mm-hmm. and like really went for it. He filed for loans under the names and addresses of dozens of people that he knew because mm-hmm. he knew enough information to submit like a fully filled out. Well, if you're gonna thing. do it, go big. Got nearly a million dollars out of it, but then of course as soon as they audited it, they're like, "You're going to jail." <laughs> so he went to jail. While he's in jail, he meets a bunch of the other inmates and convinces them that he's got the best lawyer. And they should call this lawyer and gives them his own phone number. And he bails out. All the people that he met in jail start calling him. And he uses a fake voice to pretend <laughs> to be a fake lawyer. And he's like, yeah, I'll totally help you out. Uh, you just got to send me money. And so 
they sent him money, which he presumably was going to use for his own defense. Anyway, he got caught for all this, and now he's, he's going to prison for seven years. And they are not going to be happy to see him back. No. Well, I, I don't know if he's going to the same place. You would hope not. Maybe he will. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's showing up with enemies already waiting for him in prison. It's not, not good. This time's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. I got this new guy. You guys are going to love him. You're going to love him. All the problems you think you have now... Absolutely gone. He's not me. We can't be in the same room together ever for like reasons, but he's not me like the other guy was. Yeah. Hey, wait, why did you come back wearing part of a suit? Uh, we were just talking to the lawyer and he had the same suit on. Yeah, we, we traded suits. It's, thing, it's the thing you do when you know a, a good lawyer. Yeah, he wanted me to look nice for the judge. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the kind of quality uh, lawyering you're going to get. Hey, your you mustache is hanging guy. off. Oh, mm. wow. It does that. It does that sometimes. <laughs> Uh, final headline. Mom proves she drank vodka to calm down after crashing car, cleared of drunk driving. It's a perfect excuse. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like, based on the headline, it sounds like she crashed the car and immediately just <laughs> chugged a drink. Yeah. It's not exactly what happened. She got in a car crash. She did. It sounds like she kind of fled the scene. Which I don't know if she's getting in trouble for that. But the cops found her based on like her license plate. And when they found her, a half hour later, so her, she had like four times the legal like drinking limit. So she was arrested for DUI. I, I, but yeah, she seems to have proven her case. She's like, I went home, or no, I went to my friend's house. Alibi. Had a bunch of drinks. Alibi. And then I got a ride back to my house. Safety first. So yeah, I mean, somehow she proved that this is the case. It's very suspicious. I mean, this happens a lot, specifically with people who already have lawyers to call. Like, yeah, yo, yeah, we, they're we, like, go home, yeah, go home now, disappear and get so get sober, and then they can't. You weren't driving the car, or you weren't drunk because yeah. they can't immediately test you or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a lot of like, uh, like in Florida, that's like the thing is just like they don't want to blow on the thing because they'd rather go to jail and sober up so that they can't do like. By the time they do, like, the blood testing or whatever like that, they could potentially get out of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It even goes uh, in horrifically wrong ways where rich people hit people and kill them and then flee and figure out ways to build their defense because they weren't caught in the act doing it. Yeah, there's that guy. What state was it? Arkansas? Oklahoma? There was that uh, big, pretty high-level state politician who, like, ran a guy over. Hmm. <laughs> while driving drunk, allegedly. And then the next day was like, yeah, uh, oh, I, hit a deer I think I hit a deer last yeah. night. Uh, we should probably go check on that deer. And like, it was a guy and he's like, oh, that's weird. Well, anyway, I was completely sober when this happened, by the way, when the deer got hit by my car. Anyways, I at night, I am being followed by an old fisherman with a hook for a hand. Yeah. And it is getting pretty scary. <laughs> he, uh, know, he said he knows what I did last summer. <laughs> I didn't do anything last summer. It was COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for this week's episode of Weekly Weird News. Be sure to watch our most recent episodes. Uh, more political. Biden cancels Christmas. Trump cancels the Republican Party. Yeah, one for both sides. There you go. Yeah, pick which side you want to live on and watch that video. Uh, anyways, we'll see you uh, very soon for more episodes. Have a great rest, uh, be- beginning of your week, I guess. Yeah. And uh, happy Halloween coming up. Ahoy. Yes.